guys, yep. I need your help. I'm, I'm so I, I don't know if I've talked about this publicly. I'm moving to sunny coastal California. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, I know, I know. But I, I don't have a lot of time. In fact, I have no time, and I need to pack my entire house. Okay. Right. And I have like a week, but I want to spend that week mostly eating good food. Right. So I think that gives me about like five you know hours. Everything's to pack. vegan in California, right? Like, oh, yeah. that's why I'm. Yeah. That's why. I mean, they yeah. do have a Panda Express, so he can hit that up. They if have he wants. one Panda Express. Yeah. Down in Santa yeah. Cruz, mm-hmm. uh, but it's all the line is always so crazy because everybody <laughs> goes there to get the only meat in the whole state. <laughs> But guys, um, so, how do how do I pack my house? Don't pack your house. You don't need like like you don't need any of that. Get, can I tell you? Look around you, and you might see like I, I I'm just judging by what I see th- from the camera. But like where you see hundreds <laughs> of stuffed animals, I see of of every different shape and stripe. I see yeah. weight that is keeping you down. That is yeah, holding man. you back. Like look at those stacks of adult butt medicine that you use for yourself. <laughs> and like you don't need all that adult butt medicine, Chris. <laughs> uh, Chris, I've seen a lot of leather bound, and it seems like you've bound them. And it says Playboy with all the articles cut out. And, yeah. and you like uh, arrange them by year. That's just holding you down, man. Yeah, man. You, you probably couldn't tell, but oh, if you look really close at my butt medicine, there's actually two flavors. There's the American Preparation H, and there's the yeah. one I brought back from my honeymoon in Italy, Preparazione Aci. Yeah. <laughs> you are a collector, if nothing else. I want to say, also, I would leave behind uh, the large box that has flies swarming around it that just says vagrants written on it. That's horrifying. That's weird, man. That might be evidence that you should leave behind just for your own legal protection. And let me just count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, you don't need eight PewDiePie fat heads hanging on your wall. <laughs> like, I think just one PewDiePie fat head would probably be enough. Just do, do the one that you love the most that, that speaks to you. Your brothers Funko Pops are adorable. <laughs> you There's so awesome. many of them. You don't need them. My name is Justin McRoy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McRoy, and I do know the best game of the week. What's up? My, uh, my name is Chris Plant, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Ross Frostick, and I know the best three of the week. It was E3. The hey, everybody. Welcome to the show, The Besties. It's a video game club, and just by listening, you are a member. We're trying something new and different this week, uh, shaking up the format by talking about it a good new game. Uh, and I think we're all, uh, if you can sense a little bit of giddiness, I think it's the excitement of talking about a new good game. And this one, this is going to actually freak your bean a little bit. You know, the new consoles that came out last year, it's made for those. <laughs> They're finally making games for them now, which is fun. <laughs> it's, it's Ratchet cool. and Clank Rift Apart. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week rocket money they make it so easy to get your personal finances on track and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need keep the ones you want get rid of the rest here's how it works rocket money is a personal finance app that finds 
and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. It's a platformer shooter, uh, and it's the latest in a long series of Ratchet and Clank games. But the first new one in quite a while. I think the last one we got was a reboot based off the movie at the same time. Anyway, I think it was colorful. a reboot of the first game. It was, yeah, but it, anyway, it came out in like 2014 yeah. or something wild like that. Yeah, so it's been a while, and uh, it's a great new game. And uh, I would love to hear your all's uh, thoughts, opinions, uh, hopes, yeah. and dreams. Justin, you mentioned that we haven't had a ton of dedicated for the new consoles releases. Um, the only three that we've had for PlayStation 5 are um, Demon Demons. Souls, Returnal. Actually, there's been four. Demon's Souls Returnal, um, this game, and uh, Astro's Playroom is the other right. one. Yeah, if you count that. Hell yeah, I do. Fucking yeah, rock. Yeah, yeah, there's no reason not to. And this week was E3, as some people might know. We'll, we'll talk about E3 a little bit in the second half of the show. But in watching all the trailers from E3, it is instantly obvious to me which games are targeting the new hardware and mm-hmm. which games are targeting the let's put it on everything and then we'll make the new hard you know the new versions will b- optimize them for the new hardware the difference is night and day and really there's no better representation of that than ratchet and clank rift apart a game that literally would not be able to run on yes. a playstation 4 no. pro or anything like it because of um a number of things um yeah. I want to I, I want to get to Ratchet yeah. and Clank, but to go to the E3 comment you just said, what you mean is none of the games are targeting the new consoles? Is that what you meant to say? Because I don't think that there were any standout there were a games. Couple. What 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 to you? This is gonna this is gonna be an interesting show because we have like a big press conference and we have a big game at the same time. But is there anything like that you see where it's like, wow, now that's next generation? To, yeah. I mean, to, to keep it anchored in the game that we're, we're discussing right now, I didn't necessarily see anything that looked as good as Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, Park I think that's, but that's sort that's, of my point. It's, that's, you know, it's, it's tough to judge that just because of, you know, those games aren't real or done yet. <laughs> I, I feel like I have to issue a pretty huge, like, mea culpa here in that I am, like, very quick to dismiss sort of technical... Mm. Uh, the the technical sort of stats of games as being something I give a shit about. Uh, like I want games to have a smooth frame rate, whether it's thirty or sixty. Like I I don't really care. But when when you know people start getting really Mark Cerny on it, like I just go to static and don't don't really care. Uh, and so I want the load times, those fast load times on the PlayStation Five. But everything else, I was like, who gives a shit? And this is the game. And this is a truly staggering accomplishment, I feel like, that proves 
that there needed to be a new generation of consoles. It is, it looks good in a way that I've never really seen a game look good before. And yeah. it's tough to kind of put that into words. Like there's very uh, reductionist. I've seen a lot of people say like, it's like a Pixar movie that you can play, but that breaking that barrier between this is a very, very polished cutscene, and this is the game that you're playing. This game sh- like shatters that barrier in a way that is, it, it takes your breath away. It is an incredibly good looking game. Yeah. To, to run with the movie comparison, I, I, I think what, comes to mind for me is more like um so in in this game i should set this as a base first you are in uh i guess like a multiple universe rip up thing where you are able to jump between spaces effectively instantaneously and that is possible because of the technology of the ps5 that there doesn't have to be these like load times that you can load up and uh, span massive amounts of space virtually in an instant which allows for effectively cuts the way you would have them in a movie, right? right? And like that's what I imagine with this is like if you think way, way, way back when when people like watching a movie uh, and it's just, you know, a static image imitating theater and then a cut happened and then more cuts kept happening and people were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like what is happening here? Right. This is a bit disorienting. And then everybody got used to it. I feel the same thing is happening here on a obviously smaller degree. But like, how many of y'all got nauseous playing this game at first? Because yeah. I was getting queasy it's, from how rapidly it was shooting me from place to place. Yeah, and also it the game opens on a big uh, futuristic parade. And so it is just like full, and it, and it also has a sort of uncharted level like opening catastrophe sort of thing happening that is just a complete, overstimulation, like complete visual overload. Uh, I I don't think we should get bogged down in in talking about like how the game looks because it's not something that's very interesting to listen to people talk to. I I just want to say that like this is not my genre of game that I really like. I don't give a crap about this franchise really. This is the first game that I've really made a dent into in the Ratchet and Clank series. Uh, And I don't know if I'm going to like stick with it to the end. But all that said, I think it's worth playing to see it like i think it's worth playing because of how how incredible it looks like, it yeah, does look alone. incredible but i i mean i for me i i get inured to to graphic like a lot of people i think um this thing is consistently great looking um yeah i don't love the aesthetics it's not my it's not my thing but like the the speed at which it shifts and some of the set pieces like it made me kind of bummed that uncharted isn't currently you know headed towards ps5 i mean probably at some point like currently not because the way that like these set pieces just like move through the environment and like the speed at which you're doing like this huge piece over here and then you're moving on. There's one where you're like grinding while escaping a giant robot and like you're jumping between tracks and the whole thing looks amazing. But like, honestly for me, I am, and I I have a similar background with Ratchet and Clank. I have no reference for these games. I, I platforming is not really my thing to begin with, um, but like, which I guess these are more like action platform, but still, um, the variety of weapons and the weapons in this game are all uniformly really fun to use and like make these big set piece fights where you've got like 30 enemies on screen and you've got uh, all these really cool guns to dispatch them. There's like um, one that's called Ricochet, right? Where you shoot a shot out and it hovers midair and as you repeatedly pull the trigger, it ping-pongs from that static position into the enemy. 
uh, while making like pinball type noises. And you like, the better you time the bouncing of the bullet off the enemy, the more damage you do. And that's just like one of like dozens of, uh, maybe not dozens, there's probably, I guess there's probably about 20 or so weapons in the game um, that are all just like really fun. There's like a, um, the topiary sprinkler. Did you guys get that? Yeah. No. <laughs> it's you did it. Oh, it's a turret that you throw down on the ground that lo looks like a sprinkler and it's shooting water out all around you. Um, except it transforms whatever enemies it hits into static topiaries, covers them in greenery, uh, freezes them in place and lets you like really wail on them. And then all these guns level up as you use them. And when they hit level five, they actually change into a different, form so the topiary sprinkler becomes the toxiary sprinkler and it's like uh adds a poisoning uh artifact or there's a another turret type guy named mr fungus which is mm -hmm. great because he or mr fun guy there it is because you throw him on the ground and he makes like quips while he's shooting and then when you level him up to level five he gets miss fun guy and they both appear when you uh lay it down and there's like yeah so much variety and experimentation that makes going back and forth between the weapons really fun yeah i I, the I think you're about to say going, something wrong, and I really no, no, need no. you to take I, a It's going to okay. be right. Don't worry. Okay, Don't worry. The thing that I keep going back to is, like, I've, I've played a lot of Ratchet & Clank games. A lot of this is, is pretty par for the course. Like, they've always had really creative weapons. Um, the characters have always been very consistent. The thing that continues to blow me away in this game, um, and, and again, I know Griffin talked about the load times, but there are, there are moments in this game, like, that you, I've never seen in another video game before just because of the technical limitations. The idea that you can be in a boss fight and you'll be fighting the boss and then at one point the boss reaches some like health threshold, whatever, and he'll yank you. You'll start, let's say, in like an ice arena and he'll yank you and suddenly you're on top of a volcano and there's no load time and there's no transition time and it's just like I've never seen like a full level, full texture, full everything change in an yeah. instant like that. And you cannot do that on any other piece of hardware um, except for maybe a Series X. Right. Maybe. Like, we know, we've yet to see what wild. a game on Series X looks like. But there's <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> like even it even got like I was even running into like moments where it was disorienting, not in an motion sickness way, but in like a stupid brain like room full of theater watching the train come at the movie yeah. screen and like, ah, get out of the way. There are these rifts that you hit with this. I don't know. It's like a grappling like a crystal thing, crystal yeah. something, whatever. But there's rifts at a distance that you can shoot and pull the rift towards you. Mm -hmm. If you could imagine this, and then you go through the rift and suddenly you have teleported to where the rift was. And it's well, like, the, what's on the, this is an important distinction. Yes. What was on the other side of the rift teleports to where you are. Right. And if that, that, if that sounds uh, You're not warping there. You're warping it's, that place to where you are. I, it's absolutely like, the first time I did it, I needed a second. I was like, okay, that was, I need to get my bearings again. Yeah, I was trying to figure out how they did that. And my best guess is that it turns the entire world outside of the rift effectively into a matte painting. And then pulls like that map painting to you, and then you yeah. enter the spot and you've teleported. It, it's so it's wild. and they, and they layer that they layer that with a uh, I I don't remember the I I played again just a little bit of Ratchet and Clank, but I don't remember the platforming being as like 
like prime Prince of Persia level demanding as like you're yeah. doing a, a you do a a double jump into an air dash into a mm-hmm. wall run into another air dash to another wall run and then you jump and swing and then you grab one of these rifts and pull yourself towards it and have to like do all these things in it, it like the 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 comment in this game is great as juice said because of all the different sort of ways you have to dispatch enemies and the progression of those is like great there's a lot of collectibles and a lot of ways to upgrade and make I it love- your own but the but the platforming is like also really fucking good and they have lots of little bonus uh secret things like uh sub levels that you can go and explore to get like costume pieces and more upgrade materials and stuff it's it's uh the platforming is really really good yeah griffin mentioned the collectibles bit it's actually one of the very few games that like does collectibles extremely well because every single there's like gold bolts that are hidden throughout the world and every single one of those unlocks like a fun visual customization for the game where like the currency, the normal currency is like a bunch of screws and nuts and bolts and stuff. And you can change all those to like soda cans or like uh, coins or like gems. And like every little aspect of your character can kind of be tweaked in interesting ways that encourages you to seek this stuff out beyond just like, oh, I want to get a trophy for it. It's like really smart. The only thing that I find kind of like a bummer about this game doesn't even have to do with the game. I mean, the game being so great is kind of the, the, the thing. <laughs> Platformers are a great way to test the uh, early boundaries of a console, right? Like we saw that with so many uh, consoles in the PS2, Crash Bandicoot, Super Mario. So I'm really excited that this shows that it works. I go back to what we said about E3 and did we really see anything that is like truly targeting the next generation? I wonder if we will see something like this again in earnest for another two or three years at at the soonest. Because Mm -hmm. I feel like... Now that Sony realizes how hard it is to actually get these consoles out there, it feels like they're kind of backing up on this, oh yeah, everything's for the next gen. Um, We know for a fact that Horizon sequel is going to be on PS4. It sounds like the God of War sequel will probably be on PS4. Gran Turismo will probably be too. Um, I think they realize between one, just having a massive install base, um, and two, like the PS5 just isn't out there. Like, I was trying to think of why is Sony not at E3 this year? And I think the answer is like, why would you go show new games for a console people can't buy? That's just yeah. like a bad vibe. Um, so I, I hope that we get more stuff like this. At the same time, I I just wonder if <laughs> if this was like one of those, like it seemed like a good idea at the time and now we're going to backpedal a little bit. Well, yeah. I, I mean, this this is what they wanted uh, fucking Knack to be, except it's good. Like Knack <laughs> is going to be like, hey, check out all these particles. Check out all these little uh, little moving pieces that you can see all at the same time. This game was built to show off what the PS4 is capable of. And you're like, cool, it's not fun. But I, this one does all that shit and is also incredible, uh, like a really good platformer. I'm kind of building off what what Plant said, but I've been thinking a lot about like watching E3 and and the the games that are being announced there, and looking at like the uh, the fact that like PlayStation Five demand may not catch up next year, like may still be lagging behind like well into 2022. Um, I think we we will see a sea change at this point where it will be weird to expect games like this at this point in the cycle of a of a console because I think if you look at what has happened with the PlayStation five and the Xbox, like the demand, and this has been proven now to the manufacturers, like this demand is not dependent on new games. Like, and, and so it economically won't make sense 
to have big new games when a new platform comes out. People will, like, I think this is going to be the norm where you see these games that are like, I mean, the next God of War is straddling yeah. PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. This is the way it's going to be from now on. Like, it is not going to be like that hard cut and then everybody on to the next thing. And, there and will be Planet, a moment. You think, you think big picture about stuff like this too. I'd love to know, if, if see if you, you line up with that. But I think that's where we're headed. Yeah, I, I, the weird thing is, I think that's 100% true for this generation, but the weird thing is in seven years or whatever for the next generation, by then cloud streaming will actually finally at long last yeah. be working, and it might not even matter. I, I think about... Um, You're assuming I mean, an investment in American infrastructure um, that I, I don't know that we, we will see. I don't know that they would wait for an investment in American yeah. infrastructure to like make this make the switch. It, it, Exactly. No, I'm just saying the capabilities of actually do it, like the, the the capabilities of reliably doing it, and the cost of doing it, and everything. Yeah, I I mean we we'll we'll see on that with infrastructure. Yeah, um, but oh, just just one really quick thought on that though. What's what's bonkers to me about this moment is I said you know what what thing is truly targeting modern consoles, and the only thing that actually does come to mind, they seem to like barely be able to get to run on a damn console which is uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator. So on one side, we have like everything's being targeted for the previous generation. And on the other side, we have a game that like is now taking a year to maybe get to run. They still can't put a release date on it. Um, right. I'm, I'm not even sure if it'll run on Xbox S. I'm, that's like unclear to me. It's weird. Um, so it's just weird that we these consoles are in a weird spot between the old consoles being way less powerful in the top end GPUs being like absurdly powerful. And, and that um, only gets weirder with like, you know, there's a global pandemic that's fucking up supply lines yeah. and a global uh, semiconductor chip shortage that's affecting and Bitcoin like mining. nearly every and Bitcoin. Well, yeah, it's all, it's all one big thing. And, and I, you know, if it weren't for that stuff, there'd be more PlayStation fives and the install base would be bigger. And maybe we'd be having a different conversation. Regardless, the conversation we're having, having right now has very little to do with ratchet and clank rift apart out now on PlayStation five insomniac. You've done, <laughs> done it again. Uh, what a real good game. Uh, and also, can I say, uh, I, the sort of humor in these games and like writing in these games, like really does it for me. But I, 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 I genuinely enjoyed the game. It is very refreshing to have one where it's not like trying so hard. Uh, There's a new uh, protagonist, a female Lombax named Rivet, uh, who is fantastic. And also, I think the game does a really smart thing where all of your progression and skills and weapons and upgrades and everything are consistent between the two characters. You don't have to, like, whenever you switch characters, you don't have to do that annoying thing of like, oh, shit, well, what... What did what did Rivet have equipped last time I played yeah. this? Or it's, yeah. it's it's also all super smart. Is that Rivet gets paired up with Clank, uh, uh, Clank, right? And Ratchet gets paired up with a different kind of robot, which is so smart. I don't know if this is intentional. So smart if you have a franchise that's been away a very long time, yeah. Because there's no inbuilt camaraderie that you feel like you're missing out on, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't feel like there's all these like even very early in the game they're making references to like stuff that like. Maybe happened, maybe didn't. I have no way of knowing. But like introducing these new relationships to get on board with uh, makes it a lot easier to engage with because I don't feel like I'm missing some shared character history. Yep. Yeah, it's really, I think, terrific. Uh, They did a great job. It's amazing that Insomniac has released at this point uh, Miles Morales. They updated the last Spider-Man game to PS5 like pretty dramatically. And now this game, 
Like, what the fuck is everybody else doing? Crazy. Like, it's, it's get off your asses, y'all. <laughs> yeah, man. It's and they didn't it's crunch. It, it's not even that hard. They didn't even crunch on it. They didn't Come even on. crunch on it. Come on, Bill. Bunch of crunch. Come on, Phil. All the different ill-sounding guys over at Microsoft. Come on. <laughs> Just make a new one of something. Come on. <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, oh, my God. I can't believe we haven't even delved into. That's Russian Clank. It's very good. Not everybody can play it. I, I think this will, game will have a long tail. I'll say that. Yes. As, as PlayStation 5s continue to become available, th- I feel like it's this and Spider-Man and... If they do uh, a if they do a, like, that's what a you pack get. in a pack in like box, this would be the game I feel like that comes with. Very it. smart. Extremely smart. I mean, by the time you buy a PlayStation 5, you listener at home, it will probably be included in PlayStation Plus as part of yeah, the like for sure. PS Plus collection. Sure. So don't stress it. It sells the console, it sells the hardware better than maybe the best any game has ever sold any hardware. It's like, yeah. oh, this is why you this is why you need this. Demon Souls is also really fucking Yeah, great. sure. It's great. It's a remake. Um all right, let's take uh let's take a, a second to <laughs> ourselves to to get collected and then we'll talk about the triple E3 a real show happening. We're there obviously. You go get a phone, you just want a phone, talk to your friends and family, you're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans, there is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you you don't pay hundreds of dollars for like literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan or you want to have a nice easy solution save some put the bucks back in your pocket pay 15 bucks a month say bye to your overpriced wireless plans jaw-dropping monthly bills the unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode of The Besties is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames, and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now... 
You can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. I still am not used to E3 happening and, and me not being there, but it is a lot easier when no one else is there. <laughs> the FOMO this year has been just great. It's been, re- been reduced. Oh, really? It's Wait, you've been experiencing FOMO? No, the lack of it. Like, oh, okay, I, don't, okay. I don't feel any sort of like, oh, man, I wish I was where? I mean, I don't. It's I, the LOMO. The Lomo, the lack of missing out. <laughs> Let's say st- there's so much to unpack. And I feel like because of the nature of it being always, uh, always online and always online experience, m- more or less this year, it was just the, the press conferences. Yes. Does anybody want to start by saying, Let's get, let's let's just go around the horn. Who had the best best one this year? Where real quick before we focus on individual games, because I want to do that. Was anybody else like really pleasantly surprised at the amount of stuff that was I, I had zero expectations for this E3 uh, because it didn't exist and I and it has seemed so sort of scattershot and thrown together like I'm I, I was really pleasantly surprised at the amount of stuff that was that was revealed yeah uh, I was too I was actually was not expecting that much I mean really when you boil it down it's it was really just like Microsoft's press conference and Nintendo um, well, the other, no, well, I mean, there were there were lots of other ones that I mean, there were uh, and that's true. Actually, Devolver had a really it, good press conference. Ubisoft, Capcom. Yeah, were, no, you're yeah. right. Actually, when I think about it, there there was a lot. Um, and I wasn't expecting that. But I also think I think they did a good job of uh, helping the release calendar with the smaller titles yeah. to make it feel like, hey, there were actually games coming out even if the teams of 300 people are not putting out their games. Nintendo especially. I think Nintendo had a really, really strong showing. They revealed some some great looking new games new new 2d metroid hell yeah like uh uh new WarioWare, advanced wars reboot like all that was was really great and exciting another look at um the next breath of the wild game that's all great the biggest thing for me is like almost all the games in nintendo's press conference are coming out this fall which was sick because uh, frankly nintendo needed that worse than anybody else i think because looking forward at the release schedule for nintendo it was all kind of an empty slate uh yeah but I think Nintendo's thing also uh, hinted very strongly at a thing that is rumored, but they weirdly didn't announce, which is new, better Nintendo Switch hardware is coming. Because, like, you do not um, release a whole bunch of hardcore fan favorites unless you need to, like, move new hardware that that's well they don't need to move new hardware uh well that's that like you time those things together because new hardware is going to be bought by like the most hardcore fans and that's the perfect time to release the advanced wars remake and the like 2d metroid it is not the you know casual nintendo switch person who is picking it up from mario golf who is buying those games they also did a neat thing yeah they also did a thing that i've never really seen nintendo do at e3 before which was the sort of capstone game for square enix's press conference as they announced a new marvel's uh guardian of the galaxy game uh that is going to be like a you know action rpg uh big game and nintendo uh like circled back to that like close to the beginning of their press conference as a cloud streaming game which is something nintendo has messed around with now a couple times they have control cloud version they have hitman 3 cloud version and those games work like pretty well and so it was wild seeing nintendo say like we also have this huge third-party game coming to 
coming to our shit, which was not a move that Nintendo has been able to pull on, you know, Wii U or, or Wii or really anything else just because of the huge difference between their hardware and Sony and Microsoft. <laughs> Did you notice the disclaimer on that video? No. At the very beginning, it's like in very small print. It's like, this is only rem- like uh, an example of what would be happening if this was being played at absolute perfect conditions with like a direct right. connection. And, like, yada, yada, yeah. yada. It's like, do not expect the game to look if like If you this. live at Verizon, this will yes, look great. exactly. <laughs> uh, but I don't, I think the strongest show this year was, was Microsoft, which is wild because oh, yeah. I don't even have any of the new Microsoft shit. But them having Bethesda like in the roster was, I feel like, has patched up any holes in the ship that they may have had and pretty much everything they showed off. I was like, okay, yep. That looks, that also looks good. Slime Rancher too. Sure. Why the fuck not? Yeah. Okay. Why not? Yeah. They continue to be so far ahead of the field in terms of the game pass, like just being a valuable entity mm-hmm. that I just don't know how you catch up at this point. I don't even know if Sony is trying or Nintendo is even considering trying uh, because Microsoft is so locked into this idea of, Like, the amount of money they must be making is insane. Uh, But it's good because, like, people don't want to have to stress, is this going to be worth my $60? You could play it for two hours as part of your fee for the month and don't feel bad if it's, like, shitty. It kind of heralds back to, like, Blockbuster when you picked out the wrong game and then you were just bummed all weekend. Like, no, you could play the other 600 games that are on Game Pass. It's fine. Juice, your boy Todd got out there, showed everybody a little snippet of Starfield. I was just wondering how that hit for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled. Like, that looks fantastic. Excellent. I mean, it, it's not a game. It's not it's a game. A, it's it, a picture hey, of some listen, astronauts. Even when it comes out, it's not going to work. No, it <laughs> is not going to Todd don't make them work. like they work. Todd <laughs> no. will fix it up. Todd's like, Todd, Todd literally had the gall, the absolute gall. I love Todd Howard's. I don't know him personally. I love his work. I love that Todd Howard had the gall to come out and be like, Skyrim, 10 years later, still, we got it, pretty much. <laughs> like, took me a decade, and I've pretty much nailed it. Sold it to a bunch of people a lot of times, and it basically works. Anyway, Starfield is really coming really soon, we promise. Um, that was very, I, I was excited by a lot. Did you pick one thing? What was your one, what was the one thing, Griffin, that you're most excited about? Before we move on to, to the J-Man. Honest, honestly, and it's, it's uh, I, I it, it was all, cutscene but the announcement for the new arcane austin game redfall mm. the uh yeah, co-op vampire slaying game like you know we have no idea what that game's gonna be but uh mm. the idea of a a co-op cl- sort of looks like class-based maybe left for de- like it's tough that to, we don't even know what the structure of that game is gonna be but the sort of like almost grindhousey sort of 70s horror vibe of that of that reveal trailer what had me like shuddering with excitement i thought that shit looked really 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 good yeah um a lot of fun color at this year's e3 i feel like the tone has changed even from the last time xbox had a big showcase where it's like a lot a little bit more upbeat i feel like for a lot of these games than than the grimdark sort of stuff that uh was at their last press conference i have I have two that I wanted to talk about real quick. My, my first is an honorable mention, and then it's my winner for my E3 awards, my Justin McElroy Memorial E3 awards. Number one, and this is just kind of a surprise, but when they showed multiplayer for Halo Infinite, yeah. I had definite a moment where I was like, oh, fuck, I really want to play Halo Infinite. I forget, my, Halo multiplayer is extremely fun, and I'd like to play it. Look at all these guys with swords and stuff. This is great. I'd love to play this for a week before everybody gets too good and I can't play anymore. But still, <laughs> I was surprised. I was surprised at the little hit that I got because I had been, you know, you've been seeing somebody like single player teases for 
Halo, that's like you're kind of thinking about that. And every time there's like a different AI character who's like, what's up with Cortana? I'm like, I have no idea. But uh, the multiplayer looked looked fun. But the thing, the number one thing, and this was at the um, uh, the future games showcase, I believe they called it. Um, so it wasn't a big deal to almost anybody but me. But Sam Barlow is back with a new game called Immortality. It's about the disappearance of an actress that filmed three movies and then disappeared. Uh, FMV coming next year. <laughs> the writing team on this one, they got Alan Scott from Queen's Gambit, Amelia Gray from Mr. Robot, David Lynch collaborator Barry Gifford, who worked on Wild at Heart and Lost Highway, in an F- featuring an FMV game directed by Sam Barlow. I don't mind if I do, actually. I don't mind if I do enjoy this game very much. And I don't actually need the new consoles because this is probably coming to like everything this is coming to phones <laughs> and stamps like it, it anyway th- this is the most exciting um uh, but a lot of stuff looked good that looked really good very disappointed not seeing a new fable because shouldn't be hey, they said it out loud they said it out loud they said the word fable out loud and that ain't yeah, nothing they said the word fable out loud chris I mean, Russ, what was what was your highlight? oh by the way worse well hold on let's get to let's get let's get to worse later let's 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 <laughs> let's hit the highlight okay, we'll fine fine plant Oh, I was going to say, we, we're not going to see that fable because uh, Playground Games is too busy making an actually good game, uh, Forza Horizon 5, the latest entry in the best franchise of this current generation by far. Um, and now it has just gone full chaos. The The way these games have always worked is uh, big, open worlds, beautiful, like kind of uh, X Games knockoff vibe, not the best part of it. Uh, but then with the DLC, they'd be like, hey, you're in Legoville. And like Hot Wheels uh, town, and it always got very goofy. With this, they're just like, whatever, it's games of service. We're dropping it all on you at once. So you can like race through like bowling pin arenas and all these like zany GTA Online sort of tracks while also having the like hyper realistic um, locations. Uh, that are kind of familiar with the regular game. These racing games, I, I was so sad when Need for Speed um, quietly died uh, a tragic death uh, yeah. after that kind of like most wanted era. And these games have picked up the torch and run with it. They rule so much. Um, fresh, how about you? Um, Griffin mentioned briefly earlier, uh, if there was literally no announcement that would have hit me more in my direct warm spot than the metroid new 2d metroid game uh metroid dread um i would rather see metroid dread than prime 4 at this point i think most people had i saw some reactions on twitter like yeah if you want to just keep making 2d metroid games you could just take as long as you need on prime 4 um you know i've talked about it on the show before i really really liked mercury steam's uh samus returns which came out on 3ds would love to see it on switch but this is exactly what i was talking about what this um, you know, they're using that 2.5D like perspective, but this feels, this looks exactly like the Metroid games that I fell in love with. Uh, Metroidvania is my favorite genre, and it's because of games like this that it totally clicks for me. I am so totally amped for it. Out um, in October, too. That was, out in October. that was bonkers. This game has been rumored for like the last year or so. People actually thought it was going to get revealed at last E3. And it's basically, uh, my understanding is it's been done for quite a while. So it's pretty amazing that it's finally coming out. And I agree with Plant. Like, I think we are on the verge of seeing a Switch Pro announcement probably in July with a launch 
either timed with Metroid's release or a little bit before, maybe in September. Um, and um, man, I think I'm day and so day. fucking psyched. You think it'll I, be day I would, and day? I would yeah. be shocked so, if we don't see day and date for those. That two. would make sense. I will say not to. Uh, I am also extremely excited for Metroid Dread. Uh, true to Nintendo fashion, they did a long, like three-hour Nintendo Treehouse stream after their mm-hmm. uh, after the direct, and they showed off some of the Metroid Dread. And I don't know if it was just like the way that they were playing the game or whatever, but the it's called Dread apparently because there's this robot that will pursue you from time to time. And if he catches you, he kills you instantly, which yeah. I saw happen like five or six times during this treehouse stream. And I was like, wow, that, that doesn't, I, that seems scary. It doesn't seem particularly fun. So, so here's what I sort of gathered from that, just because I've been playing all the old Metro games recently. I think it's definitely inspired by fusion, which had like a Samus lookalike that was chasing right. you throughout the entire thing. The thing that you might've missed is that there are actually seven of those robots and I think what they're co- probably going to do is have like this big open area and there's going to be zones and you'll probably have a boss fight with each right, robot. Okay. And then once you kill that robot, basically the zone opens up and you can freely explore. So you still have that Metroid hit. Yeah. Um, it's a I silly mean, thing to like bring up, but I, I, I was, I was like watching that on my phone, like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I want to just explore and get all the collectibles, but if this robot kills me the second it touches me, that's gonna be a yeah. Gonna I, I would, out of my I would be surprised. I, th- I think uh, Mercury Steam really knows how to make a good exploration centric Metroid yeah. game, so I think I have a lot of faith in that. Y'all, uh, should we uh, hop to the... Well, uh, well, I promised Justin a chance oh, to talk yeah, about yeah, real stinkers. <laughs> and, um, I just have one, and it's unfathomable to me. Uh, to the point where it almost comes back around is the fact that uh, <laughs> Jack Sparrow is being put oh, in wow. Sea of Thieves. <laughs> the timing on this thing, it says, and the, the way in which they announce it, the grandeur... It is like it is uh, uh, like a kid disappeared in 2012 and emerged three years later with like a Coney 2015 movie. Like we're still talking about this, right? It took me three years to make, but we're gonna get get him. Coney yeah. 2015. It's the new thing. This is rare. It's owned by an extremely big corporation. Like it should not be this big of a deal. <laughs> it's big of a deal that they got this. <laughs> they got Jack Sparrow with their pirate game. It's so depressing, especially because there was that very good looking uh, Pirates of the Caribbean game that got canceled. Um, so I'm maybe still a, bit, a little bit upset about that, but. I will say that that announcement was enough for me to wonder what the fuck's going on in Sea of Thieves because they've been updating that thing, and I know that game has a very hardcore, dedicated player base, and I kind of want to know why. And so that Chris, trailer was enough. Get for back me to... in. Let's get back in. Oh my gosh! Let's get back in. Y'all, Let's see what's up. Cass uh, at Polygon, Cass Marshall, they'll give us a tour, and let me tell you, that game with a tour from the hardcore Sea of Thieves expert, I bet there it's is great. It is a trip. Yeah, it rules. Uh, I want to go ahead and say most of the Square Enix press conference, uh, yeah. mostly because I I don't know I've been playing Final Fantasy fourteen so hardcore and I just wanted like a fucking picture of some of my favorite some of my favorite characters from that game would have been great, but instead they sh- the the real just wild pitch for me was Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, which was the game they closed out, which is a dark gritty like even moodier a hot topic final fantasy 15 version of the original final fantasy game in like the blandest looking action 
sort of uh, RPG format. It that game looked so uninteresting and so dull to me. And I think it might just be in contrast to like how vivid and colorful and imaginative 14 is. It's just like, it ma- it reminded me like, oh, this is the exact aesthetic that this franchise chased for a long time that I find so un- unappealing. Uh, and they said, I'm here to kill chaos like a billion times too, which <laughs> that, that was actually pretty good. I like that. <laughs> um, I wanted to mention my uh, low point. Um, I've recently found myself to be quite a fan of a lot of games that Capcom makes. A Monster Hunter, people are aware I very newly fell in love with Monster Hunter. Yeah. And obviously Resident Evil Village, which we've talked about a lot. Um, so I tuned into the Capcom stream expecting exciting news. What I got was Monster Hunter Stories 2, which has the word Monsty in it, which made me want to die. And then a pretty good trailer for Ace Attorney. I'm actually very excited about that. So that looks okay. Yeah. But what I was really waiting for was the news of the Resident Evil 4 remake or even footage of the Resident Evil 4 VR game. Um, instead, at, after they've shown the Ace Attorney trailer, they're like, but before we do that, what about eSports? And I was like, oh, no. And then they talked about eSports for like 15 minutes. And then that was the end of the stream. And I was very sad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my, my low point became... Yeah, a little bit of not a high point, but I, I just like I came around to it. Was I was pretty bummed with Babylon's Fall. I think that's what oh, it's called. Yeah. The, yeah, the, the platinum, platinum game. Yeah, and it's like a lot of the talent behind um, Near, which obviously I talked too much about, but also Astral Chain, which is a game that I love on Nintendo Switch. Um, I know I'm probably the only one. I see you grinning, fresh. Um, but this look is like very games of servicey. The thing that kind of turned me around on it is like a day later, somebody compared it to Dragon's Dogma, where they're like, you know, this is a game that's probably not going to show very well, but might feel great. It also has an art design that is, I don't know, like trying to look impressionistic. Yeah, it it doesn't look good on a stream. It is like if you were like, how can I make sure my game looks awful when people stream it? You would choose this art design. But maybe it'll look great on like 4K. The Um, idea of like a a sort of all uh, an online multiplayer platinum game with like progression and customization and shit like that, like that excites me. I think that that's a that's a that's a strong idea, sure, but then yeah. it was not a good, it was not a great showing. Yeah, oh. I, I, it helps to, I just have to remind myself, like, from E3, like, this is all marketing, and really it's a measure of, like, how good is marketing. There are plenty of games that look great that end up being real stinkers, and there are plenty of games that look like stinkers that end up being real great. So, right. you, you, yeah. we just don't, we don't know. Also, we somehow all did not acknowledge the existence of the game that inevitably will be the one of all the games at E3 that the four of us collectively enjoy the most and will probably be uh, our our big game of next year is Elden Ring, mm. uh, oh, yeah. which will inevitably be the one that we all like the best. <laughs> or, <laughs> judging from us, it's one of the very few things we can all agree on. We will probably like that one very much. Or, as I like to call it, Dark Souls Horse Edition. <laughs> it looks like Dark Souls, but I guess you got... You got. You do have a horse this time, and that's fine. Yeah, so they, they you, I mean, a like, what part of what you just said is not no? It the sounds to be for that was not a slam, great. not a knock. Okay. I love it. I love it. It's a brand new um, world. We asked you, the people, uh, what you uh, thought of E three or what sort of stood out to you. Cameron said, uh, "Overpriced as it may be, finally getting a new WarioWare beats out anything else. One of my favorites 
from both mine and my 10 years old brother's childhoods. Otherwise, it's fantastic that Microsoft has built a whole show around Game Pass, thus meaning all the games are affordable. Yep. Yeah, that, that, great. that WarioWare great. The value proposition on that thing is off the charts. You're talking about WarioWare, right? Yeah, the value proposition of WarioWare, <laughs> getting no. together, looks like really good. <laughs> so many games. Well, can I just say real quick, I, I'm never going to... I didn't see the WarioWare thing. Is it take the... Uh, I know it's two player now. Is it like take the thing off and hand it to a friend, or is it like pass and play? No, same same it's, screen, uh, simultaneous. Yeah, the the gimmick is in this one you control little characters that can fly around the screen, and each has like different ways of interacting with the games, and so you use those to compete in in real time. It looks cool. I think it. I think it could be fun. Both of you holding the same switch. Uh, I don't. I no I don't, no. I no. think like separate controllers. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Uh, Dakota said, for the immediate future, Hades coming to Xbox made me very happy. Otherwise, Outer Worlds 2. Oh, yes. Outer Worlds 2. Very funny uh, As a Microsoft exclusive, got me pumped. I love the tone and characters of the first game. Can't wait for Obsidian to expand on the Fallout, but pleasant energy in the <laughs> sequel. Yeah, I loved Outer Worlds 2. Uh, Outer Worlds. I was very, very... I was excited and kind of surprised. It seems uh, relatively soon, but I guess that well, one was... Well, the trailer was 20- also... Uh, here's the title, and it was like self-referential, like, we have nothing. Raven said, this probably seems insignificant to most people, but Story of Seasons and Rune Factory for PlayStation. Ooh! Yeah, Rune Factory 5 got a trailer. Uh, that, that, I'm, I'm stoked for that game. Uh, I can't remember if that was timed around to E3, but that, that game looks, uh, uh, like a huge improvement over Rune Factory 4, a game I really like. Uh, Steven said, uh, friend of the show, friend of the show is Steven Hilger from, uh, into the ether. I think they're all friends of the show. Okay. They're all friends. You know what, Raven? I'm sorry. You are also a a very good friend of the show and we appreciate you. Uh, Sable. Uh, what is Sable? Sable. Oh, it, it looks like the, um, what's that artist's name? Oh my gosh. Yeah, da, 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 da. Did, did, did he did work on the uh, the version of Dune that never came out? Oh, Mo- uh, oh my God! Oh, oh, Todorovsky? N- yeah, well, that's the director. But Mobius was, I think, one of the artists. Oh, okay. Gene, Ar- one of the Gene, artists who worked on it. Mean Gene Okerlund. Mean Gene Okerlund. I can't remember. It, anyway, Sable looks cool. It was announced at twenty eighteen and E three, and I guess now has a uh, a demo and a release date. Um, that was exciting to Steven. Also, biggest pleasant surprise was Metroid Dread. I got into Metroid via Fusion, and Dread seems to be a spiritual successor, at least based on the vibes in the trailer. Extremely excited for both. Absolutely. I mean, Metroid Dread was very exciting for me. Um, uh, this week, what else have you guys been playing? What else have yeah, you been? I wanted to talk about Game Builder Garage on Switch. Oh, uh, man, how is I, that? I, it's great. I picked it up and just finished. Uh, so it basically has these seven interactive tutorials where it leads you through a number of steps to make different games. So it starts you out with like a very simple kind of platformer dealio, and then there's like a uh, one that uses the motion sensor in the switch to like roll a ball around, and there's a racing game and a little like 3D adventure game, uh, and it is really cool. And then you can sort of uh, put those games in your own sort of collection, your own library, which you can then share with other people. 
and you can punch in uh, like these codes to download other people's games off the internet. And they're like very, very simple things. It honestly, the biggest touch point you could use is uh, like Little Big Planet 2 when they started to introduce like these visual programming mm-hmm. uh, concepts. I think Little Big Planet 2 introduced like uh, the the microchip that you could like put a bunch of logic on and then like put that on different shit and it basically like opened up, hey, now you can make uh, Doom or whatever. Uh, somebody's already made Doom in, in Game Builder Garage. Uh, so like, uh, I don't think it's going to be like Little Big Planet level where like you it has a huge long tail and people are always talking about like, hey, here's what you can accomplish on Game Builder Garage. But as somebody who has like a very basic understanding of programming language and how programming works in games, uh, I fucking loved sort of tearing through the the interactive tutorials. And I also think like if you're somebody who is curious about programming, this is a really good starting point to like you're not going to know, you know, uh, Java by the end of it, but you'll have a really, really good grasp on the basic concepts of programming by these little creatures called nodons that do all these different functions that you can connect together to make games. It's uh, And it, it also has that, like, uh, what was the cardboard i can't believe i forgot this the nintendo yeah the labo like that aesthetic of just like everything is so pleasant and it's so like nice to kind of like walk through things and figure it out and there are little programming puzzles that you have to solve to move on uh that that are also really enjoyable i think it's great i finished all the interactive tutorials over the course of like a few days so it's not like gonna take you a super long time but i'm also the smartest man alive so mm-hmm, it true. may take you a little bit longer if you true, don't true. have a big, cool brain like mine. Uh, I wanted to talk about a game that everyone can play at home without paying money. It's called Tunic. Um, they released a time-limited demo. So the, I think the demo gets removed sometime in the week of June, like like late June, basically. So play it now if you can. Um, you can play it on Xbox One. You can play it on Xbox Series X. I think it's just on Xbox platforms. It's basically a throwback to like Zelda one era, um, which is to say you, it's a top down, like action RPG, like Zelda one, you play as a Fox. It uses like low poly art style and is just very focused on like exploration. Like, Hey, Oh, there's like a secret, you know, cave behind this wall that I need to break open. And there's pots to break and you're finding different items. It has like a just like a retro Zelda vibe that I found really charming and easy to jump into while, you know, as with all indie games has a dark Soulsy thing where there are like, uh, effectively bonfires that you can rest at to regain your health. And then you're finding shortcuts to like backtrack the bonfires. Um, really just very charming, uh, look and feel, um, it has no release date. It's been in development for fucking five or many, six many years at this years, point. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm hope. I mean, it feels really good, but again, it's just a demo slice. So who knows, but maybe who knows this year? I don't know. Uh, that'd be nice. <laughs> uh, but play it for free right now because you, there's no reason not to. It sounds so. good. Next week, we're going to talk about the, uh, best games so far. Just so far. It's been, I would say a bit of a slow year so far, and it's going to get slower as we go. Uh, but we're going to take a moment to just take a step back and say, hey, look at all these games. Which are the best? Which were we too kind to? Which were we too mean to? You know, sort of a half year interview. Which are three? Fun. Which are three? What? No. Uh, <laughs> I also wanted to mention there's a good shot that I won't be here next week because I'm very, very 
close to having a baby. Uh, what? You're not showing at all. Thank you, thank you. Very I felt. Think, I think he is. No, I'm uh, just kidding. Yeah, so... Uh, is this the announcement? Because I thought we had, like, embargoed this and we had a whole rollout <laughs> with you, like, showing a little bit of a bump and, like, coming soon on Snapchat. Or yeah, I've been posting my stories plan. and then forgot that my Instagram was private so no one can actually see them. So I apologize for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Justin, uh, just, Justin Jr. will be here before you know it. Jeju, love it. <laughs> what? No, I don't think that's exactly right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll be gone for a little bit. Just the heads I'll up miss there. you, Russ. Not because I'm fighting with everyone, although just a little bit, maybe that. Always a little bit. <laughs> um, we got we got a a Twitter at the Besties Pod. You can follow us there. But we really would appreciate if you would. Um, you know, leave a rating or review on a podcast catcher of your choice or spread the word. You know, the word of mouth is the best way for this show to continue to exist. It, it lives by your good graces. So please uh, continue that support. But that is going to do it for us. So until next time, my name is Justin McRoy. Be sure to join us again next time for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends with the world's best games. Besties!